Jake, what is up, man? Welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you on. Absolutely, my man. What's going on? It's good to be here. So um, this is going to be a fun one. I can tell it already. Is. It's, it's liquor. You know, it's, it's liquor and Charleston <laughs> combined. I mean, yeah. it's a marriage. And here we are at 9 a.m. Uh, you've already poured a couple of shots for us. And so, uh, <laughs> in, Charleston in Charleston fashion. So do we kick it off with that? And yeah, then we go back and tell everyone. Let's go ahead and try it. Let's right? do it. All right. So um, I've kind of given you the rundown. Yep. Right? It's 30%. So it's almost a foolproof vodka. It's fresh lemon juice that we import from California and only five grams of sugar, right? So think like a light limoncello. A light half limoncello. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Let's do it. Let's drink one and then let's go back and talk about it. Cheers. That's You know, I like it chilled. That was was damn good. It's really good. Mm -hmm. I bet, yeah, we're doing it kind of room temperature, but... I bet chilled is real good. Yeah, and it doesn't freeze. That's that's another thing that's beauty about that 30% because it's strong. You just leave it in the freezer and it won't freeze. That's amazing. I know. That's amazing. It really is. It really is. Well, and you've blessed us with a couple of bottles. I really appreciate that. Uh, of course. That. Of course. So we'll um we'll have to put those on ice. But let's let's go ahead and go back here. We want to uh um we're gonna talk about you a little bit, kind of how you got to um now your second liquor company I know. at the yeah, ripe old cool? age of 31 my goodness i know i know it's been 10 years though. i've been in the industry since i legally could i think that's wild so that <laughs> does that make you a veteran at this point i wouldn't say that yeah. i don't know maybe i'll let others say that yeah okay yeah. awesome well let's take it from the top you um so you, you were raised in charleston i was right were you born here i was i okay. was born in mount pleasant at Cooper Hospital, I think, right over there. So not no too way. far. Uh huh. Born and raised, huh? Born and raised with the worst of them. How do you, How do you feel about all these transplants moving into your city? I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, because I think it brings culture to the city. You know, I mean, a lot of people, and actually, not a lot of people, a lot of older people, my parents' generation, don't like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I think it's more exciting. You know, if it was uh, if it was up to me, I think we could use some skyscrapers in the North Peninsula. Oh, really? So you're I wouldn't you're mind. I wouldn't mind like a pro football team. You know, like it's obviously the, you know, the South Peninsula where the historic houses are, you know, leave those, don't touch those. Yeah, yeah, of course. Between North Charleston and that neck and that kind of no man's land of North Meeting. Yeah. Just build it up to the sky. That way I don't have to go to New York. I can get all the energy here and just put it all in one. You know what? I was shocked when I first moved here uh, because we talked about you've been to Colorado a bunch. Yeah. Um, I was shocked that we don't have like a, a, a cowboy country bar in Charleston. Right. Like we have one up in Somerville. But yeah, there's not yeah, one in Charleston. I was about to say, there's one. What is it? Saloon? Is that um, right? Honky Tonk? Honky Tonk. That, the Honky, Honky Tonk, Tonk Saloon, saloon. Yes. Yeah. You know, I haven't been there. Really? And uh, yeah, people time. are like, it would be a great zest bar. And I need to make it, it up definitely there. Would. But I hear it's like people do line dancing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't 100%. even know what that is exactly. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. I so. guess, you know, put down a line and try to stay on it. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. It's like an organized dance that yeah, you know, a yeah. bunch of people get in the middle and do, right? But they uh, in Colorado, they were huge. Really, I, I okay. just feel like in here in Charleston, girls love to put on cowboy boots and go dancing, and then guys love to go where the girls are. I feel like it would just it would, it would make sense. Y- you know, maybe next venture, next so venture. If you get any, yeah, if you need an idea, there you go. Um, awesome. So born and raised in Charleston, and um, you always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I, well, it's not that I even always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I did not want to do the standard nine to five. Okay. So this was my escape from it, you know, and, and I got the experience of doing it. I interned in D.C. for a congressman and kind of saw what that life looked like. And I was like, if I could not do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be <laughs> That would be nice, you know. That'd be ideal. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. Do me a favor. Pull your mic a little bit close to you. Yeah, there we go. Um, Is this for better? The, for the people. Yeah, yeah for the people. They, they want to hear what you have to the say. Um, okay, so you interned a little bit. You did the nine to five thing. 
and, and it just turned you out? Was it the structure? Was it the kind of the bureaucracy of it? Or um, I saw success in chapters, right? And so, you know, I was at a table one time and I could see, you know, every five years where my pay grade goes and it was just kind of like too structured for me. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like... I'd rather, uh, I'd rather crash than be the passenger. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so I, I kind of wanted to hop behind the steering wheel and see where the car took me. I like that. I've never heard uh, that before. I'd rather crash than be the passenger. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. So, you know, wouldn't that be awful, like, you're working for this great firm and you're, and you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, and, like, by the way, someone that was running the firm was doing illegal stuff. Your job's gone. And, and you're, gone. like, not in control of that. Yeah, so, uh, 100%. 100%. Well, and you can get laid off uh, just as likely as you could crash and burn doing your own thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I guess I took the risk. Awesome. That's funny. That's actually how I got started too. Um, I could see my next like four promotions mm-hmm. in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, well, if I do everything right for 15 years, I end up being that guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy. That guy's not I don't want to be that yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, can totally relate. So you had a couple, uh, couple jobs that uh, you said were impactful to you um, just in kind of like learning the meaning of hard work. Right. So what were those and what was that all about? Yeah, my, uh, my first one was working at Dunleavy's Pub on Sullivan's. I love Dunleavy's. I don't know how Jamie would feel about this. I think I was maybe in eighth grade. I don't know when you're legally allowed to work, but it was like right on the cusp. And I got paid out in cash by the, uh, by the service. So I would Tax just free. bust tables. You know, I had to have a job. Like my mom was like, you got to have a job every summer. You got to work. And so I Love did it. that one. And then I carried bricks, which is a hilarious one for Village Restoration, which is like this restoration company that works on luxury homes. And so when they would renovate these houses, right, they have old brick and new brick. And the old bricks, you know, people love it. And it's, it's very cool and it's different. Yeah. And so what people will do is when they renovate the house, they'll stack the old brick so that they can use it, you know, if they do a renovation. I mean, they might even sell it. I'm not sure. But my job was to carry these old bricks and stack them neatly. That is hard work. And I'd be working one lady one time. She had this gorgeous house and I'd stack these bricks. And we're talking like three days of stacking bricks. And, uh, and she obviously doesn't mean any harm by it. She comes out and she tells the contractor, she's like, I think maybe like 10 feet to the right would be better. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, this is going to be fun. Um, so that one taught me a lot. And then I, uh, then I worked at what is now, I think, the Harris Teeter. It was a red and white grocery store uh, stocking shelves. And so now I'll be in the grocery store and I'll see like something misplaced. I hate this. Like I'll see a bottle of salad dressing like, you know, outside of the condiment aisle. I'm like, this has got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> you just put it and back I pull stuff to the front, you know, so that it's all organized. It's like maybe that taught me to be OCD. I don't know. I but love it. I know the pain of stocking grocery store shelves and you're, keeping it pretty. So. so you're still a volunteer shelf organizer. Oh yeah. To this if, I, day. if I'm with a friend shopping and they're like, ah, you know what? I'll switch this out and they just put it on the shelf. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? That's like that's awful. You can't Stop, do don't that. do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the which Harris Teeter was it? So it's it was called the Red and White on Isle of Palms, oh, and okay. then I think that they sold that. To Harris, I think it's a Harris Teeter. Gotcha. I'm not okay. sure. You know, right. I try not to go back. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Um, awesome, man. So you, uh, so born and raised in Charleston. Born and raised. Started. Mama had you working early. You gotta, you know. Oh yeah. Hard oh work, yeah. Right. Make your way. Got to. Um, and then you. So at some point, you moved into and started your own company. It was a distillery, correct? It was a distillery. Okay. So I was I was at Wofford, and so that was when I had my internship junior year in DC. And so I knew senior year that I like, I was like this, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know what I'm not going to do. Yeah. And so we had a random business plan competition, right? And so my freshman roommate who was randomly assigned to me as well, you know, he's going into investment banking with Goldman. And so he was kind of had the same exact thing. He was like, I see where I go to VP and, 
And so he was also like, I don't want to do this either. And so, like, it's not like I was, you know, people joke around because I'm from South Carolina. And they're like, so, like, did Daddy Moonshine? <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. no, I, I had no liquor background, had no interest necessarily in making a micro distillery. We were just looking at doing something different. And so we joined this business plan, and, and there were these guys. His father was a financial advisor. And he had these guys outside of Charlotte. It was a father and his two sons, and they started a company called Cardinal Jim. And this is back in 2012. And we like, he was like, these guys are just selling so much gin. They're selling container loads to Italy. And I was like, well, let's go see what this is about. We go there. It's like a garage. You go to Italy? No, 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 no. We go to like rural North Carolina. Almost. So it's similar, similar. (laughs) And, uh, and we get there and it's like an operation. It's like you would like, it's not like it's bad, but it was like, it was very like, I could do this in a sense, you know, not that, not that they were doing anything bad at all. I was just like, this is feasible. Yep. And they're making all this money with this setup. This seems like a good industry. So we started to look at the industry as a whole, and it was just exploding similar to microbrewing back in the 90s, right? Wow. So when we entered in 2013, when I got my DSP, I think there was like 300 existent distilleries, micro distillers in the U.S., and over 300 applications that wow. year. And so I was like, clearly there's a movement similar to the beer world that, you know, people are getting tired of just drinking Jack Daniels. And so it started there. And I got one to live in Charleston. I want to make booze. The sector looks good. What do we do? And I was like, and this is like one in the morning. I Google search Charleston history liquor and I'm thinking bourbon, right? I'm like, okay, obviously this is a big, you know, historical product. Yeah. And, uh, and it wasn't true. Rum ran the colonies and, and that rum today oh, that wow. you have a lot of it's Asian ex bourbon barrels, which is not a bad thing at all. It makes a sweeter product, but rum existed prior to bourbon. And so there was this huge amount of rum that was put in freshly charred barrels that would taste similar to a bourbon. So I was like, Oh, that's a cool story. <laughs> And, and that's how we started Red Harbor. Red Harbor being when the British controlled the ports and taxed the goods coming into the harbor, the colonists would smuggle the molasses in and then distill it into rum, and it's no longer molasses, so you can't tax it. Huh, interesting. Um, so that's how that one came about, right? And what a wild ride. It's like, you know, I, I remember even we, we built out the distillery on what, I mean, bare bones of a bare bones budget. People said, like, this, for what I spent, they said double that was impossible. And, uh, and so we built out this place, and I remember getting in there. Like impossible to succeed with twice the budget that you had? Yeah, yeah, really? exactly, yeah. And so we get in there, and I, I remember, like, getting everything. You're so busy setting everything up that you forget that, like, you know, this is just the beginning. And I remember everything was set up, and I looked at it, and I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I got to now make rum. <laughs> yeah, now you get started. And yeah, yeah, so it certainly put a fire under my ass. And, that, and that's the thing, forced learning. Right. Yep. I, I don't believe in a, a plan B necessarily. I like being scared because if you only have a plan A, you're going to force it. Plan B, lets, it allows you to you know, stop yep. and, and it makes it easier you know, to, to give up. So I think that helped a lot, not just, just diving full head into it. But That's wild. Uh-huh. So was, you got into making rum. I got into making rum. Okay. And, so, and we grew that company uh, to seven states. And then right before COVID hit, we sold the majority of it. Um, and I mean, it's still out, still pumping today. Um, really? I am involved, not near as heavy as, as with Zest, my new baby. Yep. Okay. But, um, but love it, you know. And so it's it's interesting uh, how Zest came about because it's so different than the rum. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Okay. So let's transit before we transition over to Zest. Um, so the other one, it's called Red, Red Harbor. Red Harbor. Okay. Red Harbor. And it's a rum, and it's what is it? What's it go with, and, and where can people find it? So you can find it at all, like, obviously, the bottles, your Total Wine, your grains, the big liquor stores throughout South Carolina. And then most, it's orderable at any mom and pop. Okay. Um, but most, the, big, the bigger stores, you're going to find it on the 
shells, and it runs about thirty nine ninety five. So it's a forty. It's a super. It's a premium run. Yeah, absolutely. In that category. So I remember when I used to sell it. If I saw a twisted mustache, I'd get excited. I'd be <laughs> like, this is gonna work. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Okay, so what was and when you sold your um, you sold the portion of that. Mm-hmm. Um, how many bottles were you were you I guess distributing or selling on weekly oh, or monthly I, or, I or whatever? I can't even tell you the case sales when I did it. It would be unfair for me to guess. Yeah, okay. My business partner would know exactly. Would know. Oh, oh yeah, he's, he's the, the metrics guy. guy. He'd be like, "You idiot!" <laughs> <laughs> Open right. the spreadsheets. Fair. You're the podcast guy. Yeah, I'm he's the podcast the guy. guy. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But um, seven states. So safe to say, it was blown up. It was. Yeah, yeah. We we were expanding, and we were even. I wanted to go even quicker, but the thing is, and this is what I've learned, is that you know we didn't have the budget of the big guys, and so when you go to a state, right? Like Zest is only in South Carolina. Let's say I took it out to California, but I don't have the marketing dollars for it. And so it goes okay, and it's not doing that great. When it comes time to exit or sell the company, they don't care. There's no, there's no mercy. There's no, if you go, well, you know, we went to California, but we didn't have the biggest money. They go, I don't care. You went there and you didn't do well. It's all about yeah. analytics. Yeah. And so with this one, I've learned it's not always best to grow so fast. And I learned that in the rum business is, you know, someone say, hey, this is great. Let's do it in California. I go, yes, please. This is great. Let's do yeah. it in Georgia. Yes, please. When I wasn't financially prepared to make that step. Um, so yeah. we stepped too soon in a lot of places, which does lower your valuation. So that was one thing with this. It's it's better to slow growth in a sense. So you you already have, you kind of have to plan the exit in mind as you're growing and kind of going through the process. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, awesome. All right. So let's, uh, well, let's trans- transition into Zest here. First of all, so what what made you want to sell that one? And then what was the gap between selling that and then starting Zest? Well, so, and, and like I said, we didn't sell. We're still involved in it. Right, um, right, right. But the thing was, is that I love the history of the rum. What I didn't realize is when you're 22 years old and you walk into a cocktail bar and you go to a guy and you're trying to sell him on the rum and you're 22 and he's like, what are you doing here? Come back in 20 years if you want to sell me this beautiful yeah, he's checking product. your ID. Yeah. And so you don't fit the brand in a sense. It wasn't damning at all. But, you know, people want to see someone that's, you know, 50 that's making this, you know. Sure. And so we were young, and it was, it was in a sector that, like I said, was very high end. So, like, my friends, when they would be at bars, I remember I got into Shelter, which is a bar in Mount Pleasant. And Shelter has no business having $40 rum. <laughs> but, uh, but my friends would go there and buy it. And they would send me pictures, right? Because it would be like $16 a drink. And they'd be like, love you, hate you, like, thanks, man. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. supporting you. But like, and so they were like, I had a lot of people being like, why don't you make something that's like not so, you know, pinkies out. And, uh, and so I was always thinking, you know, something that was more fun and, you know, light than a uh, age spirit by the fireplace kind of yeah, deal. So okay. Zest is obviously completely opposite. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. More of a younger crowd, more of a, more of a party. Yeah. Well, of, that's, uh, you know, it's, um, we, we came about, I was actually at shelter and I, talking to a bartender and you know we knew citrus was a huge exploding thing in the set just the alcohol world and obviously lemon drops are a pain to make right and so if i can save that bartender time and explain the time value of money he can get two more drinks out right 
and be making way more money than he's doing spending the time making eight shots for the bachelorette party. So I sure. kind of, I liked the lemon drop idea. It wasn't out. No one had bottled it, you know, and I was like, at the same time, I'm going to keep it natural, right? I'm going to use fresh juice. I'm going to use quality ingredients, but it's so much, it's, it's light, fun, and refreshing. There's not like this serious tone to it. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, and yeah. my friends now buy it and they don't send me pictures. So. <laughs> because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's, more affordable. It's, yeah. It's $6 a drink. They're like, yeah. this is what we wanted. Love it. So you created a win-win for, um, for the bar owner mm -hmm. for, <clears throat> who's getting better use of, of his staff for the bartender whose life gets a lot easier. And now for the consumer of the product who, uh, you know, gets, like you said, gets it for six bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And, and so we initially, we launched it for the restaurants in a sense. I thought it was going to be just 90% restaurants, right? Because it is, the bartenders do love it. They keep it on ice and they're like, thank you. Yeah. You know, because they did, they literally hate making one guy. I was like, how many do you hate to make? He was like, one's too many. <laughs> you know, no, and we went around, I went around to like 30 bars and I would time it. Right. And I found that if, if you use zest, right. For, for five shots, I could save you 47 seconds. And so I would go and time the bartender. A couple of them caught on. They're like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, don't worry. I'm not like harassing you. I'm going to, yeah, you know, yeah. and, uh, and so that was the big initial expectation was this is going to be huge in the bars. And it is like, I mean, saltwater cowboys is selling more zest than I thought feasible. Wow. Um, but the unexpected thing is that we have so many people buying it and taking it home and throwing it in their freezer, like house parties and stuff. We get tagged on our Instagram by all these people. And so it's like, I think we're selling more to people that want to take it home. Interesting. You know, because if you look at like the shot market, right, if you go buy a Fireball or Rumple Mints, I mean, they're kind of like starkly masculine and very like heavy drinking focused. And, you know, it's like no one takes a shot of Fireball and then goes and runs. Um, right, and, so right, it's, right. and so I think people like the fact that they can have a shot without the expectation of a headache in the morning at the house, you know, and it's, and like I said, it's, it's fun. And so yeah. we have a lot of people buying it, taking it to whether it be a pool party, a boat day, a beach day. Now that we're in football season, I'm getting tailgate pictures all the time. Yes. Um, but it's something that you start off mixing and you can also make a shot out of it. And it's not, you know, I don't know what you mix with fireball or rumble mints, but, Fair. but Fair. you know, so what do you recommend mixing this with? So my favorite, because I'm simple, like I used to joke around when I was in the rum business, when I'd go ask people to make cocktails, they'd be like, well, what do you think? And I'd be like, I can mess up a rum and coke. So, <laughs> you know, I spent enough time just learning to make the rum. Um, so I like it with a, like a sparkling water, a Topo Chico or a, a yeah. LaCroix, just because yeah. it's simple, right? I mean, a full like zest drink is 73 calories. So you put that with a soda. Now you have something that's not only light in flavor, but it's light in caloric content, right? Absolutely. It's, and that's that's another thing that we really focused on is we promote our nutritional content, right? Very heavily. Whereas if you go on like the other shot sites, Rumple Mints and all this, like you you're gonna have a hard time finding the amount of I'm sugar sure. or carbs in there. And and so we have that on our front main homepage. Yeah. And um, so I like it with soda water. A lot of people are mixing it with tea because it's like an Arnold Palmer. Yep. Um, someone yep. told me the other day, ginger beer. I haven't tried it with ginger beer, but someone was like, it's a citrus mule. Um, but me, my, my plain that self, sounds great to my, me. my plain self is just <laughs> sparkling water. That sounds great to me actually with the ginger beer. Mm -hmm. I, I might yeah. not, definitely yeah. have to try that. Awesome. So, so did you find that, um, so now people are coming into the bars, they're ordering a round of, um, lemon drops. And is the bartender saying, Hey, you want to try this new thing? So Instead it depends, right? So sometimes there's some bars that um, I've found that like they'll even, they'll have it and they'll make the lemon drop separately. And I'm like, dude, it's right there. And then others, they don't give them an option. <laughs> if you order a lemon drop, this they're like, yeah. Is. And that's most bars. They don't, they're not like, well, you know, you should try Zest. They're just like, perfect. And then they use it. <laughs> this is our lemon drop. Uh -huh. yeah. So I think a lot Great. of the initial growth of, you know, we've had some rapid growth in our early stages. 
I think that's a lot to the part is that, you know, I didn't even really think of this, but we're piggybacking on to the success of Lemon Drop as a shot as a whole. You know, if you order a lemon drop, the bartender's not going to go, well, I can make it or I can give you zest. You're getting zest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all. And I guess that's what, that's what we want. And yeah. they probably don't know the difference. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, except that, like you said, they'll have less of a hangover. There's less sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, dude, I love it. I love it. So now you guys have become the fastest growing vodka in South Carolina. I know. Isn't that wild? And that's I did, amazing. I, I was told that. <laughs> I was like, I was so busy doing sales. I didn't yeah. even realize it. But it's pretty exciting. That's amazing. And how long has zest been around? I, I kept saying nine months. I was at a tasting the other day, and I was like, we've been doing this for nine months. And, like, Justin came, and he was like, dude, it's been a year. So about exactly a year, we did our launch party last August, I think it was, um, at Uptown Social downtown. We launched there and, and threw a great launch party and had fun. And um, So, yeah, it's been a little over a year. So qu- quite the adventure. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Where are you guys headed from here? Where 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 are you and where is Zest in five years? So like I said, one thing that I learned in the liquor business is to tackle your own backyard and then use the echo effect. So we're kind of going to stay close. So we're going to Florida next year in Q1. Um, I have an investor who owns a lot of restaurants up in the D.C. area. So we, we're entertained. The D.C. D.C. is very tackleable. It's not a huge – it's not like Florida. Florida is like five states in one. You know? Right, right, right. Um, but we'll be going to Florida, Q1 for sure. And then I want to tackle that. I mean, it's, it's wild. I looked at – the uh, statistics in South Carolina is 22nd when it comes to vodka consumption. Florida is second. <laughs> yeah, okay, even like, like yeah, I was looking and it was like, I didn't realize how many schools they have down there as well, like colleges. There are eight colleges in Florida with over 50,000 students. Wow, and that's and the biggest one in South demo. Carolina is like USC or Clemson. I think it's like 26, 27,000. Wow. And those are the top two. So, I mean, it's just a behemoth. Wow. So we're very excited, in other words. <laughs> and, well, and it fits the vibe, too, with the, like you said, the um, kind of the pool party vibe and the, you know, that whole thing. Well, and people go spend their winters in Florida. You know, you can kind of escape the cold, and, you know, it's one thing. And we have a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm going to drink this in the winter, too. But, you know, I, we don't know yet, right? I haven't really had a full, full winter. Last year, we were such at the beginning. Yeah. I don't know, you know, so we'll see. But, I mean, Florida's permanent summer, so it certainly yeah, matches exactly, the Yeah, exactly, exactly. I love it. I love it. Um I thought something really interesting you said is that um, someone who maybe indirectly influenced you was someone who I had never heard of before you mentioned it, but uh, Sydney Frank, who was the founder of Grey Goose. Yes. So um, tell me how that story kind of inspired you. Well, it's just it's just a wild story. You know, he had no liquor background at all, but he was able to determine in the market that people wanted to pay more for vodka. People are going in and, and showing off with their girlfriend or potential girlfriend, maybe wife. Yeah. And and he looked at the liquor world and saw that every other sector, right, like you could go buy a more expensive bourbon, you couldn't with vodka. So he he just, not that it's not quality, but he, he launched a premium brand. And then what he did really intelligently is he won all these awards quietly and then leveraged those wins to, la- to launch like a national campaign. Like I said, I think he sold it to, I think it was like about $2 billion, so not, not too bad. Not bad. And I think that was in like five to seven years. I can't remember the exact, but he's just a wild man. Yeah. You know? And so I kind of identified with the no liquor background. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think of, um, you know, nowadays it's, it seems like every celebrity, every wrestling or MMA star or actor is coming out with their own tequila, vodka, yeah. uh, uh, whiskey, bourbon, you know, something like that. What do you think that says about the liquor industry and I guess the, you know, the brand marketing. I mean, honestly, if anything, it shows the power of the celebrities, you know, and the market reach that they have. I think tequila has probably been the biggest one. Obviously Clooney with Casamigos was the first starter. And I think the rocks done very well with his. Um, But I, you know, it's, 
we're a we're too early of a stage to even think about it. But I think if I had to guess, which is not the fully, you know, I'm not the most credible person, but it kind of you lose that value over time, right? If I have George Clooney's tequila in my house, now I got the Rocks tequila. It's like now I got to go get Chris Rocks tequila. You know, it's <laughs> like is Eddie Murphy launching a vodka? You know, yeah. And so I think you know it's it's one thing when you know Clooney had involvement in it, and I think the Rock with Terramana has some involvement. But a lot of these guys, it's a money grab. And the thing is, in the liquor industry, everyone's going, oh, well, here's a ticket to success because I can go to a distributor and strike this national deal because I got, you know, Eddie Murphy, like I said, or something like that. And um, and so I think it's – I'm not very interested into it. It seems like a not a cry for help, but it's like, you know, can your liquor not make it on its own? Yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. You know, because like when I think Casamigos, right, I think Clooney. And I think that I want to think Casamigos more. Right, you know? right, And right. so I think you take away the value of the liquor, you know, if you need it. It's not that in every situation, obviously, but, yeah. you know. So it's not so much, you know, this person having a any sort of a, a passion for the industry, just probably somebody approaching them and saying, hey, if we make you the face of this, here's a little bit of equity in it. Here's our plan. What yeah, you yeah. And like here? I said, I'm not against it, but, you know, I want Zest to get big, not Jimmy Buffett to be big and make Zest big. That being said, if Jimmy Buffett hears the tell. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, if yeah. you want to pitch, now's your, now's your chance. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's a, I think it's a good leverage tool, but it needs to be done at the right step. You know, you, you need to make your brand valuable prior to reaching out to that celebrity. Take yep. it to the next level with it. But For a sure. lot of people For are just sure. shelling out all these cash that's, that are startups. You know, they're they're putting out millions of dollars just to launch onto the celebrity before anyone knows the brand. Yep. Yep. So, and if the product sucks, then it, it doesn't matter who's in front of it. Exactly. Right? So make sure the product's solid. And, and then, yeah, and we'll see in five years. I don't know how valuable being like, I got a celebrity and the streamer is like, hey guys, we got another celebrity guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that, whole, that whole bubble could burst. Um, so that was a really cool story. You also mentioned uh, Matthew McConaughey, which I thought was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's when you said it was like, what a personal influence. And I just think he's awesome. And I read the book Green Lights recently. Yep. So it was well-timed for that one. But I just think he's a great guy. Um, you know, very hardworking. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of things that I've learned, if you read... <laughs> Excuse me. We both. If you read, time. yeah, that's perfect timing. Look at that. If you uh, if you look at a lot of these celebrities, I remember I I even read about like Hugh Jackman, right? I'm like, that's like the X Men guy. I'm not like a huge X Men fan. Yeah. But like he wakes up every morning and takes an ice bath and rose. It's like these guys have massive work ethics. It's not like you don't just get famous out of pure luck. Mm-hmm. And so Matthew McConaughey is a leading example of it, and you know his involvement and I, he does a lot of motivation and gives back. So. I just thought it was a very cool guy, and I've yeah. recently read Greenlights. Great book, by the way, if anyone's yeah. listening. So. Yes, definitely. I highly recommend. He um, actually started paying a lot of attention to him when he was doing his promo tour for the book. Oh, okay. Doing, doing a lot of podcast interviews and stuff. Yeah. Um, he said one thing that really resonated with me uh, as a business person, maybe uh, resonated with you too, but he talked about there's periods of time in his life where he lost his wink. You, yeah. Do you remember him, him talking about that? Yeah. Um, and I felt that just in the grind of, of business where I don't know if it's just – like a subconscious energy conservation or something where just that, that kind of joy and that energy kind of fades for a period of time. Um, and you have to refine it. You have to, yeah, it's pushed uh, through it's yeah. seasons, you yeah, know, exactly. you're all winter's coming, whether you yeah. want to or not, you know, you just got to learn that summer's after. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Awesome, man. Uh, Jake, what about you? Where, where are you in five years? Where am I? I can, what was my answer? It's hilarious. I was like sunburnt Caicos. I, I got it right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I can't really go anywhere in the islands without getting sunburnt with my pale ass. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe on an island sipping a pina colada, which, by the way, I never really drink unless I'm on vacation. Of course. It's my vacation drink. You have but to. 
Yep. Booking right hand, or booking left hand, pina colada and right. Love it. Thinking about the next venture, man. Love it. Any ideas? Uh, what sort of, uh, when you when you brainstorm the next venture down the road, what sort of fun ideas come to mind? You know, well, that's the thing. So I keep a journal, and I, and I write things in a journal, and then I try not to look at them because I don't want to take focus from this. Fair. So I have a list Smart. of probably 25 things. Some of them you'd be like, that is a stupid idea. It's like, you know, I don't know, cars for cats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's a fine line between brilliant and really dumb. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, exactly. You got to find that line. Exactly. And so uh, I, I do keep a journal of them, but I really, you know, like I said, I don't like to ever get a plan B in mind. I like to have plan A. If plan B is there, you start thinking about plan B. It's a great philosophy. I, I have no doubt you'll be uh, massively successful with that philosophy. <laughs> awesome. Or have a lot of liquor. Yeah. Or, that's, <laughs> when my family, this is a funny little story. I was like sitting in like every, you know, my I come from a family where everyone's like, my cousin's going to like med school and the other one's working for a corporation and then sitting there and they're like, so you're like making liquor. And I was like, Hey, listen guys, I'll either make a little bit of money or I'll have a lot of booze. And no one laughed. And I was like, <laughs> I thought that was great. That's, uh, a, that's a great, uh, if that's the worst case scenario. And Charleston, that's a, that's a fail safe plan. You that's know? very, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll be able to unload your, your uh, yeah. no problem at all. Um, awesome. Man. Okay. Last couple questions. Um, before we transition into our, our final couple, um, if people want to learn more about you, learn more about Zest, where can they find you? So drinkzest.com. Drink isn't just the, the way it's spelled. Drink and then Zest. So we have recipes on there. We have, you know, a store locator. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much that and our social media, right? Okay. All the social handles. You can kind of get the lifestyle of it. You'll see where we're doing events next and, and you know, every basically up-to-date news. Beautiful. All right, Drink Zest on drinkzest.com. And drinkzest.com. And, and drinkzest on Instagram as well. I think even TikTok. I found out we had a TikTok. The you other guys day. have a TikTok? We have a TikTok. Fantastic. I know. I know one of my business partner's wives is just great, and she runs the social. And she was like, I'm uploading some videos to TikTok. And I was like, we have a TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> I love, hey, I feel like, especially nowadays, we just got one too. Okay. About three, four months ago. And I don't, I don't know the login. I don't know how to make a TikTok. I know nothing about it. But um, apparently, it's pretty integral. I know, I know. Point. Now that I'm in my 30s, I'm cane shopping more than I'm yeah. looking at TikTok. <laughs> All right, last couple questions. If you could go back 10 years and talk to 21-year-old Jake, just put your arm around him, give him a little piece of advice, uh, what, would you what would you say to him? Do it sooner even if I could. You know, I mean, it's just uh, don't stop. You know, one of the things I believe in is I've learned that when I first started companies, we'd have these failures and it would just like break me. You know, I'd be like, man, you know. When the first year of business, I expect to be a millionaire, you know, and so the thing is, it's, I learned more from failures than I did from successes, you know, and so it's, you don't fall backwards, you fall forwards. And so don't be afraid to fall. It's like everyone, you know, everyone, like there's so many people out there that have an idea or something and, and they're, they never enter it because of the worst case scenario. You know, they're like, well, yep. what if it fails? And I was like, well, what if it fails? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, like I said, I'd rather drive than, than I'd rather crash and drive than be the passenger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I would just recommend to anyone to take the lead, you know, and that's the other, I've had a lot of people that, you know, if, if you're trying to do something, the entrepreneurial world is very helpful. People look like to help you. And so I've, I've had immense amounts of, uh, assistance on this path. I'm not self-made. I'm like the opposite of self-made. Yeah. 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 You know, we're, we're the, we're the product of all the, all those that influenced us exactly. to this point. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, so I guess that kind of answers the next question, but maybe we'll transition a little bit. Um, so typically we would say, you know, what piece of advice would you give to someone who's inspired by what you're doing, maybe wants to do something similar, but um, maybe what advice would you give to find that network and to, to get a hold of those mentors? 
I mean, look in your local area. There's a there's a place in Charleston called the Harbor Club, which is kind of like an entrepreneurial group. There's there's many groups throughout the area, and I remember I looked into the entrepreneurial group, and I walked in, and it was like a young executives meeting, and I was like, well, this sounds good. Yeah. And yeah, I walked yeah. in there like in a sport coat, <laughs> no tie, but a sport coat on, like dressed like I thought I would. Everyone's like in like golf polos, and yeah, like, who's yeah. this kid? But that's the thing. That's you just you force yourself into it, right? I mean, nothing cool happens in the comfort zone. Yep. Yep. Um, so if you feel uncomfortable, you're doing the right thing. So, you know, go branch out, you know, look in, I mean, even the newspaper and just go to meetup groups and stuff that you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Or at least don't feel comfortable at, you know, cause that's how I met most of my people. It's just forcing myself in the situation. And you never know which domino will lead to the next domino, which leads exactly. to the next big thing. Yeah. I think I remember someone told me one time is like, luck doesn't exist, but you can certainly expand your surface area for luck. It's like, if you don't get lucky, you're going out and going to all these meetings, right? You, you could say, hey, you're, you got lucky. And it's like, well, I went to six meetings and you did nothing. Is that really luck? Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like you expand your surface area for luck. I, I always like that. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great tip. Um, awesome, man. Dude, it has been a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's been a blast. Thanks for coming on, telling your story. Uh, we will definitely share your info, put the notes um, in the uh, description of the video. And uh, definitely looking forward to drinking the rest of this bottle. I know. <laughs> not, today. not today. At least not before noon. No, no, no. Well, it's Charleston. Yeah, I guess you could. <laughs> Afternoon. <laughs> hey, appreciate you, man. Of course, Jeremy. Thank you, brother.